Hello, this is Kenya, and welcome to my Magical Cottage Core Life. Today, we're going to look at some things that I really love and that you might love. And it's a little bit different of an episode because we may have a few hiccups going along the way. And that's because <laughs> you can hear Fluffy in the background, maybe the kitty. Um, we have a new cat in our house. She's a kitten we rescued. And she is currently awaiting her appointment at the vet. So you may hear her making several uh, spirited yowlings in the background as she is in heat. So uh, we're going to get her fixed as soon as we can. But there may be several interruptions during this episode. So please bear with me. So today's episode is going to be something that I love very much. And if you like to cook, you love it as well. So open up your big book of stuff because today we're going to talk about how to make your basic spice collection for your spice cabinet. So turn to the section on spices and cooking and let's get started. So the first thing you want to do is start your spice collection off with salt. That's the very first thing. But what kind of salt? And we're doing a basic collection today. So of course, regular table salt is the first one that might come to mind. Usually you would use iodized salt because that keeps you from having salt that will clump together when it's damp outside or inside your home. But non-iodized salt is well and good as well because the thing about that, you can use it for canning. Uh, this can be regular Celtic salt, uh, Himalayan pink sea salt. It can be salt you've actually gathered yourself if you're near salt flats and make sure it was clean. It could even be low sodium salt that you use if you have a sodium problem or if you have high blood pressure, because there are salts like that, as well as salt substitutes. So that's the first thing you need to start with in your cabinet. The next thing you probably need is pepper. And when we say pepper, we're talking about traditional black peppercorn, that you would get in the Western world here in the United States. It's the black pepper you see. When you see multiple colors of peppercorns in those decorative shapers, shakers, they are all still peppercorn. It's just different uh, ripenesses. That's all it is. Different Is ripenesses a word? But yeah, it, it's all the same pepper. But that's not the only pepper you can use on your table. You can also use a hot pepper. Like Chinese hot pepper is really good. It's just a little spicy. You can use Szechuan pepper. And that's why I want to be specific because the blend that you hear that's called Chinese hot red pepper can oftentimes just mean cayenne or it can mean other things. You can use bell pepper flakes on certain foods. Often when you go to a pizzeria, that's what you're getting is bell pepper flakes. You can also use something that's a little bit more exotic, such as 
guinea peppers or birds grains of paradise. Those are good. They just have a little bit of a sweetness to them. It's up to you what you decide to use. There are other peppers out there. Explore, find them, see what you like. So for the first spice that I would say would be the next one, I'm gonna say sage. You can have rubbed sage, ground sage, powdered sage, or even have it in dried leaves whole. And the kitties are not getting along in the background. I don't know if you can hear that. So when we're talking about sage, we're talking about the fact that, and they've knocked something down. <laughs> this is gonna be a fun episode. We're talking about the fact that it is one of the most common flavorings for poultry. Poultry, poultry being duck, goose, chicken, pheasant, dove, all kinds of poultry usually can benefit from a bit of sage. It's also good for another, another white meat, which is pork. So if you eat pork, you can add sage to that as well. I don't eat pork, but I cook pork for my family. So that's something you can think about, and definitely for turkey. Just keep in mind that different sages have different flavors. There's regular garden sage, salvia vulgaris. That's the green sage you have in your garden. But there's other sages too. There's pineapple sage. There's purple sage. There's a couple of really nice sages that are a little bit hard to get. Now, clary sage, people are going to tell you, is not for cooking, but I've seen it done. And it actually gives a really flavorful, full taste. So if you haven't tried it, give it one, give it a try. The next flavor I'm going to say should be a basic is actually something pretty common so common you probably don't think about it. And that's basil. Basil can be used with almost any meat or any vegetable. It's very good. It has a bold, rich, earthy kind of feel and taste. But just like with the sage, there's different kinds of basil. The common sweet leaf basil, or even Genovese basil, are pretty easy and easily found to grow and to eat. And you find them in pesto. There are also African basil, which is a bold, rich flavor, and it gives a bit of a heat to it if you eat it right away. Another basil, which is good, is lemon basil, and that's very good on fish, and I've heard it's very good on lamb. Mixing it with sorrel, specifically lamb sorrel, will give you a good combination. Another basil you can try is Thai basil which will give you a, a licorice flavor. Many people use this for sausages or for Italian cooking. Mixing it with fenugreek will give you a very distinct flavor. In fact, some people use basil seeds as a seasoning on their own, as well as soaking them and making them a drink. And here in Michigan, specifically Detroit, um, areas where there are large Bengali populace, populations, you can usually go buy a flavored basil drink with basil seeds in there, with something like fruit punch and basil seeds. 
and it's good for the digestion as well as getting the metabolism going. Remember, I'm not a doctor, nor an herbalist, nor a naturopath that are certified. So keep that with a grain of salt. Another common herb that you would probably want to keep in your basic herb set would be rosemary. Rosemary is wonderful. And for a good roast chicken or roast beef, rosemary can make all the difference. The aromas when it's cooking are just beautiful. And the flavor is rich with a bit of perk to it. But again, like all other flavors, rosemary has different strains of it. There's barbecue rosemary style rosemary. And then there's a more of an older strain of rosemary. Uh, I think it's ARP that actually is a little bit more for cooking and simmering. You have so many choices out there. I've only told you two because I don't want you to really exhaust yourself trying to find multiples of different herbs all through this podcast. But there are combinations with rosemary that are unusual that I would recommend you try, such as rosemary mint. So the next herb I'm going to recommend is thyme. There are so many flavors of thyme, but it's really good. And if you decide to grow it, start it indoors early, because remember, time takes time. That's not my saying. I got that from Laura, a good friend of mine. But as far as time goes, you can definitely use orange thyme, lemon thyme, Time vulgaris, that's the regular time. Creeping time. Elfin time. There's even a wooded time. So there's all kinds of flavors to choose from. All kinds of varieties. It's up to you what you want to cook with. Just remember, each one has their own flavor. So get to know them before you use them. And definitely add time to your cooking If you're making something with a Caribbean flavor or anything that's a stew, it really brings it all together. The next herb that I say is something that you need to keep is mint. I am not going to deceive you. I love mint in my flavorings. There's common mint, which most people can find. Then there are the specialty mints, which make life worth living for me. I love orange mint, lemon mint, strawberry mint. I even love the other kinds of mints that most people don't associate with cooking, like peppermint, spearmint, and even cotton candy mint. Yes, it exists. So mint is something that's always a good flavor to add, mixing it with cilantro and putting it with a little bit of parsley and garlic is a good basis to make a wonderful kebab. 
it, it's just good. It's just good. It's up to you if you add za'atar or not. Za'atar is a specialty spice, and maybe we'll cover that in another episode. Here's a spice you probably weren't expecting. Dried mustard or mustard seed. Dried mustard seed or powdered mustard is wonderful to adding a rich depth of flavor and boldness to barbecue sauces, to chicken citrus dishes, to all kinds of flavors that just need a little extra something. And if you are one of the people who makes potato salad, and I'm just going to say now, I'm from Detroit, and my people are from Oklahoma, Mississippi, and Arkansas. Do not experiment with potato salad at a family reunion unless you've made it several times and have had honest friends tell you if they like it or not. Not everybody makes it the same way, It's just good to make sure that at least you like it and one other person will eat it so that it doesn't sit there lonely. Personally, I like to add a little pimento, but that's a personal thing. And usually, only the macaroni salad. But I have been known to use some dried paprika in my potato salad. But I must always, always have two kinds. And one of them is absolutely with dried mustard. Another common herb that you might want to keep in your kitchen is parsley. But it's not that simple. There is flat leaf parsley. And there's curly parsley. There are different nationalities of parsley. And there's large leaf parsley that I love. But the thing is, I have found if you grow your own parsley, you kind of have a little bit of a leeway on the flavor because you can pick it when it's young for one flavor. And if you let it grow almost to the point where it's the seed, it has a bolder flavor. It's really up to you what you want to do I do love it though, I mean I can't say enough about it. And if you decide to do that, you might want to grow its cousin. Um, And you can of course find it in the spice aisle. But its cousin might not be so, so easy to find. Although it's kind of more like a distant cousin, because I don't think it's in the same family. But it looks close. And we'll talk about the cousin next. Okay, so now we're going to talk about parsley's cousins, but they're not really cousins. If you look at the taxonomy, it's not going to be its cousin, but I like it. And these two are kissing cousins in the same family, and that's lovage and celery. Because you see, lovage has a bolder taste than celery. And celery, you're probably saying, well, what do we use in the spice rack for celery? 
celery seeds, and celery leaf, as well as celery flakes. You can buy these herbs at the grocery store, or you can make them yourself. As far as, you know, making your own kitchen ready ones. Hello, Fluffy, my kitty cat. You can hear her meowing in the background, maybe. One thing you can do is grow lovage. Lovage will grow taller than most people. And once you grow it, you've got it, unless you dig it out. It is a very prolific cedar. I would definitely recommend using lovage as an alternative to stews if you want a bolder flavor than celery seed or celery leaf will give you. For celery, you can either grow it yourself or you can go to the store, to the market, take the leaves off, dry them, you know, hydrate them, and crumble them up and put them in a bottle. It's just that simple. Celery seed is easily available to purchase. And you can actually dehydrate celery in thin slices. You can use your mandolin and actually crumble them up. If they're super dried the way they should be, you can crumble them up into its own powder or flake. And it gives a very rich taste, especially to stews and casseroles. Don't forget that you need to have at least one bottle of blended seasoned salt. This is also known as kitchen pepper. However, keep in mind that if you have a sodium issue where you have to reduce your sodium, you do not have to add salt to it. Commercial brands such as Mrs. Dash are able to blend different herbs in order for you to not have to add salt in order to have flavor. I am not endorsed by Mrs. Dash. It is my recommendation that you at least buy or make your own salt-free seasoning blends. Not only can you expand your palate, but you can also make meals that are more inclusive to people who may have high blood pressure or heart issues or are maybe suffering from fluid retention or edema due to pregnancy. I believe this will be the most controversial spice in this list. And not only is it controversial, it also goes by two different names, or really three different names, depending on the region of the United States or what you were raised in your home calling it. I'm talking about cilantro. When it's cilantro, it's growing and it's green and it's leafy. And when it goes to seed, we call it coriander. And that's when it has a little ball of seeds. And when you are using it in your cooking, some people use the terms interchangeably and it's not correct. 
but we do it anyway. And then there are still some people who call it Chinese parsley. I'm not really sure where that came from. I do know that it's featured very highly in Chinese cooking and Asian cooking, as well as other countries. So why they decided to do that, I do not know. It's one of those quirks of being an American. But if you grow cilantro and cook with cilantro, usually you'll have no issue with serving it. However, there is a small population of people with a certain gene that makes cilantro taste a little bit like soap. Hi, I have that gene. I cook with it. I'm just used to the taste now, especially here where I get a lot of Middle Eastern cooking and uh, Latin American food. I often get the uh, cilantro in my food. And I've just grown accustomed to tasting it taste like soup. But it's not horrible and it's not, not going anywhere. So if you love cilantro, a good guacamole, you can't do without it. Now we're going to head straight into our alliums and the most common alliums that we have in the kitchen and our cabinet are onion and garlic. And there's a third which is chives or which are chives. Okay so most likely you've seen onion powder and garlic powder, garlic pepper, garlic salt, garlic pepper, garlic salt, and parsley. Garlic seems to be everywhere. Onion pepper, not so much, but it exists. You can make it yourself. Onion salt, definitely. Chives exist by themselves. And you don't always see them except on a baked potato, and it's really a shame because they're really good on fish and other things as well. But another thing you can also make yourself, especially this time of year, is your own powdered ramps. But to do that, you have to have enough self-control not to eat them all. But I don't know many kitchens that would be complete without those three items in their spice rack. Now this pretty much covers the list of basic spices for your spice racks. But there are two secret bonus spices you might want to keep. And that's because not everybody eats the same way. And those two bonus spices for your standard American kitchen in general are, and get ready for it, because you probably have them, fennel and dill. Both of those are pretty universal. They're both leafy, and guess what? They attract caterpillars in the garden. So if you have plants you really love and don't want caterpillars on them, grow them around it, and they'll go to them. Also, they're very good perennials, and they're great for pickling and fish. 
Funny how that works out, huh? 